real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. everyone, welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb, and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thanks everybody, thank you Helen Hong. Good afternoon. Helen, what have you been up to since our last recording of Go Fact Yourself? I just saw the musical Hamilton for the first time in Chicago. Wow. And it was, I went with two Hamilton heads, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what they're called, but two uh, very rabid fans who had both seen Hamilton five times each. Oh. Which I'm like, how do you afford it? Jesus. Yeah. Um, and and they, how did you like it? I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, it was all that and more. Helen has her finger on the pulse of 2015 That's culture. right. <laughs> I am right, I am just on the cutting edge. Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet the first of today's guests. Helen, who's up first? She is an actress who can be seen on ABC's Fresh Off the Boat. And in the film Surviving Theater 9, it's Chelsea Chris. Chelsea Chris, ladies and gentlemen. Chelsea. Welcome, Hi, Chelsea. Thanks for having it's me. It's going to be a little warm up here. It is. Uh, for those, uh, it, it turns out on a podcast, you cannot detect temperature. So no. for our listeners, I will tell them, uh, it's about a bajillion degrees yeah, here in it's April. Very warm. It's, uh, it's technically yeah. schwitzy. It's a little schwitzy. Schwitzy is schwitzy. Look at Helen Hong yeah. with the Yiddish. Yeah. I'm so, yeah. ugh, I'm cavelling. Um, <laughs> and I'm wearing a coat. Excellent. Uh, Chelsea, tell us about this character, Honey, that you play on Fresh Off the Boat, because you have a very interesting description of yourself in your Twitter bio that I think kind of sums it up nicely. Oh, the padded bra? Yes, you say it's me, Honey is you, but with a padded bra. Yes, and a fake tan, and fake nails, and fake hair, and fake height. Mm -hmm. There's a lot involved in this character. (laughs) How long does it take you to get into the the Honey drag, as it were? We just finished our fourth season, and we just got it. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Um, so four years, we just got it down to two hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. What did it start as? Uh, we probably started at two and a half, 2.45 in the very beginning. But we've, wow. we've peeled away, if anyone watches the show, we've peeled away a layer of honey every year. We, thank you. We lost the fake nails, and then it's, we, we take, this ah. year we just changed the hair, so there's less volume in the hair, and these are all things to save me a little bit of yeah. sleep time. So by season I, 10, you'll just be in sweats and I uh, hope so. scrunchy. I hope so. I always tell the showrunners after this, I really want to play a doctor or a nurse. I just want to wear scrubs and tennis shoes. <laughs> I love that you're the token white lady on the Asian I show. know. That's so cool. I yeah. love that, too. It's about yeah. damn time. It, sounds, it seems like you have a lot of fun. You get to do a lot of crazy things on, on the show. What, what have been some of your favorite scenes or activities that you've been able to do in the last four seasons? Oh, well, we did a stunt, I think it was last year, where Honey, we used to have this running bit where Honey is a jogger, kind of an exercise maniac, and we had a bit where I was on a treadmill and got going too fast because I was worried about aging, and the treadmill got out of hand, and I, like, face-planted on it, and it was just... (laughs) 
it was just really fun to shoot. Did you have a stunt double? I did, because I would have killed myself. <laughs> and did yeah. the stunt double? She did a great job, yeah. but she did kind of tell me at one point, she's like, I've never done anything like this before. And what? I was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> and she was amazing. She did a great job. Uh, there was a clip I saw that, that I was super jealous of where, where your character went on Wheel of Fortune. Yes. What was it like to be on the set of Wheel of Fortune and so, to, to play? It was so fun. And because our show is set in the 90s, um, Pat and Vanna were in like old costumes and old hairstyles. No. <laughs> yes. So they were having a blast. And we, you know, the way the scene was written, um, Constance, we went and I were supposed to be in a best friends fight and then to facilitate that Pat and Vanna were in a best friends fight <laughs> and they just they were so funny and they were so into the scene work it was really a surprise for all of us they were they were so game to get into all the scenes I uh, to be Vanna White was my childhood dream oh she showed Anybody me else? how to Vanna oh. no it was just you know how to move the arms and she had she told me that they had just entered the word Vanna-ing into <gasps> like the Oxford English Dictionary <laughs> or like to Vanna was a verb Oh wow. my God, yeah. she's a cultural icon. I can't she wait is. to the day where t Helening is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to make that happen yeah. starting tonight. We're Today. Helening. All right. Today's that Some day. Good Helening. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of game shows, you actually were on a real one in real life. Did I read this right? You were on Fear Factor? That's a very old fact, yes. Wow. Yes, that and, is true. And how did you do on Fear Factor? I won, She Jake. won Fear Factor, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God, I'm super impressed. Wait, so what was the gross thing that you had to eat that put you over? Here's where it all turns, guys. <laughs> um, I ate leeches. Oh, like live, live. They were the, to start with, yes. Okay, and then uh, what? They, they saute them in a garlic sauce, or what do, yes. they, what do they do? No, they were just they were in like a sausage casing, and oh. I was very young and very very broke because I was an actor and, and still now, but less broke. And I, you know, you really don't know what you're going to do until you're there. How did you get through it? I blacked out. Oh, all right. A little life lesson for the kids out there. Just completely dissociate and you'll be fine. Yes. Uh, and, and did you eat more than other people or faster than other people? We all or? had something different. I was okay. the only one who ate leeches. And I, I was told that it kind of went down in infamy as this, it was like one of the craziest things anyone had ever done on the show because it was so gross. And how much did you win? Or what did you win? Um, I was with a partner. My friend Chase and I did it together and we actually won all three stunts. What? And if you do that, they give you, we had bonus money on that day, the eating day. So we split $75,000. Whoa! Which was life-changing for yeah, me. I'll it was yeah. so life-changing What did you for do me. with your 37750 I paid off my student loans. Amazing. Nice. And I produced a couple of plays. <gasps> wow. That no one so, saw. So kids, so kids, <laughs> if I you want to go to college and make your own plays, eat a bunch of leeches. I think that's, that's the important lesson there. And then the last moral. thing, uh, uh, I understand that you currently have a, a short film at the Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah, it is called Surviving Theater 9. It was written and directed by Tim McGrath, who is a survivor of the Aurora, Colorado Batman theater shooting. Wow. Really an unbelievable moving thing to be a part of and um, really proud of how it came together. I wasn't able to go to New York this weekend, but I'm here with you guys. Oh. That's right, the red carpet of podcasts and we're yes. happy to have Miss Chelsea Crisp. <laughs> Thank you. Helen, whom will Chelsea be competing against? He is an actor and writer who stars in Die, Mommy, Die at the Kirk Douglas Theater. It's Drew Drogi. Drew Drogi. <laughs> Welcome, Drew. Have a seat there. Bring that microphone nice and close to uh, oh, awesome. your face. Do. It's Hi, Drew. so much hotter up here. It is very hot up here. Yes. You guys are both wearing multiple layers. I know. You, you know, it's a podcast, so you can start whipping off layers if you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like podcast <laughs> after dark, except no, in the very, day. It's very balmy. It's very balmy up here. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit. Good. It's a little bit. You never I, know in L.A. You never know what's going to 
<laughs> Wait, I want to hear about Die, Mommy, Die. Yeah, tell us about that. Oh, yeah. It's uh, oh yeah, it's uh, a play by Charles Bush, uh, who is a genius. Uh, and uh, he, uh, yeah, he wrote the play, and it was a, a, a film that he also starred in maybe 15 years ago or so. But we... Um, we did the production at the Celebration Theater last year. It's very similar to like whatever happened to Baby Jane in tone. It's about a, a faded singer who has a, who has a mysteriously dead twin sister, uh, and she's uh, you know trying to murder her husband, and then p- her kids are trying to murder her. So it's just like oh. sex and death and murder. But it's fun. It's a blast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's super fun, and yeah. I get to well, play mommy. Be, right? I'm it's, playing mommy. Yeah. Charles always writes of these plays where the the lead he always plays the lead actress, and so it was just such an honor to get to step in and be one of his roles and um, and we're so we're doing we did it last year at the celebration theater and we're doing it again this year in May at the Kirk Douglas Theater. And at the so. Kirk Douglas Theater, for those who don't know, that's that's a major Los Angeles theater venue. Yes, we're so excited. There? It's part of this. It's part of this thing called Block Party, which the Center Theater Group does, where they select three shows from the previous LA theater season and give them these two week runs at the Douglas, which is this, and it's a great way of bringing the LA theater community together because. You know, when you do plays in L.A., like Chelsea was just saying, you know, it's hard to get people there and hard to even get people to know what you're doing. There's always so much happening. So it's a great way of yeah. highlighting these And not a lot companies. of people know Kirk Douglas won Fear Factor, and that's why he got his own theater. Right, yeah. see? Uh, <laughs> Wait, he got a theater? Yes, he got his own. Oh, 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 oh. Right. Yeah. Chelsea's man. Yeah. He, won, he won Celebrity Fear Factor. I Chelsea think. wants <laughs> to renegotiate. I was uh, not eligible Now, for you that. did another show in New York that got rave reviews. It was a one-man show that you wrote and performed, and tell us about that. Yes, that was called Bright Colors and Bold Patterns, and um, based on a real invitation I got to a wedding that asked the guests not to wear bright colors or bold patterns. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I we've would gotten, be so mad. We've gotten crazy at our weddings now. So it was at a time where, um, uh, you know, and I love my friend dearly, and bless her, I always, I'm always like, she, I've drug her through the mud so many times for, for doing a whole show based on this title. But it was around the time that gay marriage became legalized, and I started seeing immediately in gay culture that gay couples would immediately be told, like, when are you getting married? And and everybody was wanting to be married. And it was like, obviously, marriage equality was a wonderful thing and is a wonderful thing. But I was sort of like, I wanted to raise the question of, like, what are we scrubbing in our, in our need to, like, keep up with the Joneses? And so I wrote this play where I was playing a monster nightmare the the last person you want to show up to your wedding and so i'm on i'm on a lot of drugs and i'm very drunk and i'm ruining a wedding and are you wedding. wearing bold colors and bright patterns i sure am bright colors and bold patterns i Great. sure am now people might also recognize you from some work you did online where you played a notable celebrity lady yes uh, named chloe Savigny. yes yeah. how on earth yeah there you go thank you there were a lot of actors who wanted to play chloe Savigny, so i'm very glad <laughs> no, um, where did that come from why, yeah, why it, her it came from i looked in the mirror one day when I had a blonde wig on for a sketch comedy show uh, over 15 years ago. And I was like, I look like that indie actress who was in Boys Don't Cry, and what do you do with that? And then I read an interview with her where she was just name-dropping all of these hyper-literate, specific, really crazy references that would go from, like, fashion world to, like, haute cuisine to, like, DJs. And I was like, <laughs> I'm fascinated by this life. And so I just sort of did this character on stage, and it's it's just been the thing that's, yeah, been the most popular thing I've ever done. And it's super <laughs> weird and super stupid, but, you know, whatever. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. All yeah. right. Well, I hope you're okay just playing yourself tonight. It, we'll see. Th- or playing a man. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, uh, who knows? <laughs> Mr. Drew Drogi, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. All right. Now, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside of your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Uh, Chelsea, you said you know a lot about Celine Dion music. You're welcome. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Uh, vegan food. Very welcome. All right. And self-tanning tips. Thanks to Honey. 
Oh, okay. Oh, that's why. Okay, it all comes that's, from there. That's fresh off the boat. Thank uh, you, honey. And Drew, you said you know a lot about 1970s movies. Sure. Yes. All right. Uh, serial killers. Why not? And finally, of course, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. All right. I, okay, yeah. And could you give us each just a, a sentence about each of each one of those topics, why, why you chose those? Um, I do love Celine Dion so very much. You do? I do. I think her voice is amazing. And I just think she's one of the greatest singers, probably the greatest singer of my lifetime. Uh, that's debatable, I know, for like the Whitney and Mariah fans in the house. Sure. And vegan food? And vegan food. Um, shortly after the leeches, uh, I went <laughs> vegan. <laughs> Was it a causal relationship? No, there? it wasn't. No, okay, coincidence. But I've been asked that before, and I think that's really that's funny. That's funny. And self-tanning chips? Is definitely because of Fresh Off the Boat. Okay. Apparently. I am too white to live in Florida. Oh. <laughs> so we, that's the other thing we do is a self-tan every that. week. Great. Yeah. And Drew, how about a line each about uh, 1970s movies? Sure. I love 1970s movies because the, 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 it's the greatest decade in, in movies, but also everything's like mauve and everyone's just <laughs> really unhappy, and I love that. <laughs> Great. And uh, which brings us, of course, to serial killers. I had a really boring childhood, and I was fascinated by uh, Ted Bundy and Charles Manson and all that. All right, and Saturday Night Live. I mean, it's the, my favorite thing since I was a child. I've watched it so much, and I love it dearly. And even when people claim it's it's not as good as it used to be, it's like it's always magical and great. I love it. <laughs> great. Well, later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. Now, if either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to take away some of those points. Your subjects today were inspired by a listener, Avery Ooh. W. Krause, or Krause. I probably could have called him or her and asked that. <laughs> Avery W. Krause of Baltimore, Maryland. Thank you, Avery. Your subjects are getting along and not getting along. Up first, Chelsea with getting along. Great. Chelsea, they both describe pleasant experiences with people, but what is the difference between amiable and amicable? I feel like... Okay. This really Amy. is a, a segment about feelings, so let's get into it. Let's get along. Hey. Oh, nice. Oh. Yes. Um, that was so embarrassing. Um, uh, I feel like amiable is maybe someone who's open to suggestion, mm -hmm. um, who goes along with whatever's happen happening, and amicable is generally positive. Generally positive, just, but still describing that same person or, or, yes. or a person. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, very good. Well, we have Chelsea's answer. We don't know yet if she's correct. Drew, if you think she's got it maybe not exactly right, you can steal the points by giving us the correct answer. Do you think Chelsea's got it right? I am going to take a stab and say okay. I think that amiable is more a state of being friendly mm -hmm. and then amicable is more an active uh way of co conversing mm. oh okay you seem you seem stunned by sure. your own words i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> would you be more comfortable saying that in a wig yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes do you have any not not no i got one in the okay. car all right. um all right we all agree it is time to end this segment let's go to helen hong at the judges table for the facts here are the facts Amicable refers to a friendliness or goodwill between people or groups. Amiable refers to one person's friendly disposition. So a group might have an amicable meeting because the people there are amiable. That's right. So amicable basically right. refers to the connection between peoples or things, like a friendly situation with a crowd. Yeah. Oh, aren't that good. Uh, so what does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? 
I'm going to say Drew got two points on that. I think he oh. did as yeah. well. I think Drew nailed it. Congratulations, oh. Drew. Congratulations. Thank you. Right. Drew with the I'm steal out the gate. Yeah, not very amiable of him, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, I'm right. not amiable. All right. Uh, up next, Drew, your subject today, not getting along. Right. Uh, now, Drew, while they both involve arguing, what is the difference between refute and rebut? Refute oh. and rebut. I would say that uh, to refute something is to have the opposite opinion, to argue the opposite opinion, and rebut is um, more of a, a reaction to something that just happened. A rebuttal is... Like, yeah. oh my God, that just happened. I have to rebut. I it. have to rebut. That okay. just something just happened. I have to rebut, as opposed to a refute is like more opinion based. Opinion based versus just uh, emotional reaction. Yes. All right, fair enough. Uh, we have Drew's answer. Chelsea, if you don't think you got it exactly correct, you can try to steal. What do you think? Well, I guess my my gut instinct at first, which will definitely be wrong, was to refute something is just to disagree with it mm -hmm. in general, and then the rebuttal is the explanation of why you disagree with it. Okay. So, can, so you can refute something and then rebut it to, to say why. Mm -hmm. All right, fair enough. Uh, well, there's no argument here that this segment must end, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. To refute an argument is to produce evidence, such as facts or figures, to prove it untrue. To rebut an argument is to discredit it by offering a completely different point of view. Right, so in fact, in a very good debate argument, you will first refute the argument and then rebut uh, it as well. So what do you think that means as far as our points go? Helen? I think Chelsea actually got a point on that one. I think so too, of yeah. Because the, the explanation Because of the distinction yeah. there. Yeah, so very good. I'll so one point for Chelsea. It. Wow, you guys are <laughs> you guys are both stealing <laughs> the Steelers. Yeah. Nobody wants their own points. We'll see if that uh, pattern holds. So uh, after the first round, what is our score, Helen? After the first round, Chelsea Crisp has one point and Drew Drogi has two points. But those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Is there a dog in a car at a bar on the street? Yay! I'm Allegra Ringo, a small dog owner. My dog Pistachio howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog Tugboat tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on Butt Legs. We're not going to let them talk about their projects. No. Just want to hear about those dogs. We don't want to hear about your stuff, only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Chelsea Crisp with one point and Drew Drogi with two points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hong. Thanks again, everybody. Chelsea Crisp, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Celine Dion music, vegan food, and self-tanning tips. Today we want to talk to you about Celine Dion music. Yeah. I think goodness. we were I think we were all secretly rooting yeah. for that one, right? But, but do you have a quick self-tanning tip while we're here? Oh, um, make sure you exfoliate 12 hours before you do this, uh, this self-tan. Yeah, Some so people will tell you to, to do it right before, but yeah. right before actually doesn't get the job done. Oh. 12 hours, yeah. Same with hours. vegan food, by the way. Same, Same thing. <laughs> exfoliate before uh, and after. Now, when you, when, when you told me this was your topic, I got your, initial, uh, I got your initial choice, and then it was followed by several follow-ups narrowing it down very specifically. Right, so. so you were like, three topics, and then I said those three, and right. then I got an email saying, make sure you're familiar with the Wikipedia page, you know, for each of these topics. At least, we, we do just a little background here. We yeah. 
to, we do we want our we want our guests to do well, so we say at least look at the Wikipedia page so you get some basic info down. Totally makes sense. Right. Celine Dion's Wikipedia page is 47 pages long. Wow. Mm. Written by Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> and I had said the English albums, which I later found out she made around 25 of. Mm. So wow. Oh, because she has a bunch of French albums. She has a lot. Yeah. She oui, has a ton oui, of albums. Yeah. Celine. Oh. So yes. Are you Helening right now? <laughs> oui, oui. <laughs> Je suis Helening. Yeah. Yeah. So you narrowed it down uh, to some English, English albums, albums, but yeah. also from a specific time period. I kind of in the 90s. That's like okay. an eight album spread. All right. Great. Now wow. uh, tell us a little bit about why you love Celine so much and how you came to uh, know so much about her music. My mother always played Celine Dion music in the house. And I heard her voice and just thought it was superhuman. I just think it's an inc- she has an amazing range, but she has a very, very powerful voice, and she's technically so precise. She does things with her voice that you you don't hear anyone else do. Mm. Uh, she's an amazing technici- technician. So mm. whether you like her music or not, her voice is just insane. It's so good. And have you seen her uh, in concert? I did. I went to the Vegas show. Um, <gasps> she's in residence there, or yes, has many Yes, she is, yeah. And uh, I saw the first the first version of it, because there have been a couple now. When I saw mm. the first one, I took my mom and my sister, and hearing her voice live for the first time mm. was the most surreal experience. I wow. had like goosebumps and, and like chills, and my mom was crying, and then I was crying, and wow. I think everyone cries there. <laughs> <laughs> and it really brought you back to your childhood. Yeah. Yes, it really did. I saw her in Seoul, South Korea. Did you? Oh. Yeah, isn't that She sold out a ginormous arena in South Korea. Right, well, because after does. the English and French, she did some Korean albums. Absolutely. As well. yes. She may have. Read oh, really? that Wikipedia page. Okay. All right. Well, you're prepared. It's now, insane. Is this an interest that you share with your husband? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I noticed when you were talking about going to the concert that it was it was just the mom and just no, the sister. No, it's just my mom and my sister. No. But I have listened uh, since I knew we were doing this. I have listened to a couple albums this week, mm-hmm. and he's been, he's definitely remarked a few times about how amazing her voice is. All right. Oh. Fair enough. Yeah. Now, what is your opinion? Because I've seen I've seen footage of her doing uh, what I believe technically might be called a beatboxing or a little rapping. What, yes. what, what do you think about her doing that? Because I found it very uh, uh, weird. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I do think it's weird. I think mm. if you have an instrument like that, you must get bored, right? Mm. If you can really hit whatever note you want, you can sing mm. anything you want, you, you would have wow. to just want to do other styles of music, okay. which I think is why her music is so varied. Absolutely. Oh, so she's like, je want to do hip-hop? I think so. <laughs> le hip-hop. Le hip-hop. I think that's exactly how yes. she yeah. pitched it. Yeah. Perhaps yeah. I will do le crunk. Um, <laughs> what are your what are your favorite Celine songs? Oh, favorite Celine songs? It's kind of the stuff that hopefully we end up talking about, the stuff okay. from the 90s, which really was her, like, heyday. Sure. That's uh, any specific she... ones that uh, come to mind that you love to hear when they it's come on the radio? It's hard to narrow it down. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's like asking you to choose they're, a child. It is or, a little bit like asking you to choose. But they're actually more obscure songs, not, okay. not necessarily the radio release songs. Oh, she has some very emotional, kind of dark songs that oh. I really love. She often sings about love, but then yeah. every now and again you'll get just a darker version of a song yeah. that's more about, like, sex or something. Oh, and you're oh. Like, oh Celine. <laughs> oh, 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 Mon Dieu. All right. Well, just ahead, we'll enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Celine Dion music to test your mastery in the subject with our expert level question worth oh, up to three points. But before that, we, we're glad you're excited. Uh, before that, we want to let you uh, show off. So here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Okay. Now, Drew, do listen closely because if Chelsea answers incorrectly and you know the correct answer, you can steal. By the way, Drew, how much do you know about Celine Dion music? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. All right. Well, this will be fun for everyone. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Chelsea. 
your first question about Celine Dion. Celine's first number one single in the U.S. was a cover of a song that had already been a hit for Jennifer Rush, Laura Branigan, and Air Supply. What was the song of Celine's that hit number one in 1994? The Power of Love. Helen? That is correct. That is correct, The Power uh, of Love. Yeah. Have you heard any of the other versions of it? No, I was just thinking that as you were reading those. I haven't. Yeah. I've only heard Celine's. And it turns out not the same as the Huey Lewis song. <laughs> or the D-Light song. There's a D-Light song called Power really? of Love wow. as well. Wow. Anybody? No yeah. one? Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would that, would that be Lady Miss Keir? Yes, Lady Miss mm -hmm. Keir. I went to Sarah Lawrence. <laughs> All right, question number two. In 1990, Celine Dion released her ninth studio album, but her first in English. What was it called? Unison. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. No hesitation. Wow. Oh, Wikipedia. Yeah, you're doing me right. <laughs> By the way, I should tell you that I did go into Wikipedia and change some things around. So if you're relying solely on that, you might be out of luck. Uh, here we go. You're two for two. Here is question number three. Celine has had four singles hit number one on the Billboard charts, but only one of them was a duet. What was it? You do have two hints available if you'd like to use Oh, one I'll of take them. a hint. All right, Helen, how about that hint? It's what Mike Trout or Shohei Otani could say. <laughs> Our audience seems lost. Well, you know, all that old Mike Trout, Shohei Katani. Yeah. A couple people know. A couple people who are more specific nerds know. Uh, oh, oh, did that help? Oh, that didn't help, but okay. I know what it is. Okay, go ahead. Uh, oh, I'm your angel with R. Kelly. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> How did that not help? Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are stars of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim playing so right sorry. now. I'm well, so sorry. How did it shake loose? Okay, got it. Um, it, it just stalled. Just because I, I, Beauty and the Beast felt wrong, so mm -hmm. I just started running through the Rolodex of other duets. Very and that, good. that one yeah, right. came through. I'm going to try to mention Shohei Otani in every show that we have. All right, you're three for three. Let's see if you can... By the uh, way, I had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> even yeah. as I, I, I think the crossover of Celine Dion and Angels fans is probably Anyone? there. No? What were okay. the a little bit, a little that bit. That Venn diagram is yeah. just yeah. two separate circles. <laughs> completely separate circles. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, lot more Diamondbacks fans, I think, like Celine. It's been yes. proven. All right, here we go. Question number four. Celine has had songs on many movie soundtracks, but which of the following movies did not feature a Celine? Dion song. Beauty and the Beast, Up Close and Personal, City of Angels, Sleepless in Seattle, or Bicentennial Man? It's City of Angels. Helen? That is correct. That is yeah. correct. I knew wow. that. I had that soundtrack. Did you? Yeah, I sure did. Oh, well, we all had that soundtrack. We did. We Google lived Dolls, through the 90s. Wow, I thought yeah. that would be a lot more difficult. Okay, here we go. Number Chelsea, five. you're killing it right now. You really are. There's a lot of let's see if you can get. Let's see if you can get a, a perfect game here. Number five, Celine Dion's biggest hit, of course, is My Heart Will Go On. Name one of the two people that wrote it. Uh-oh. The audience groaning with excitement. <laughs> it's one of the big composers, so I'm just, mm -hmm. oh, can I take a clue? Yes. I have another clue left. Let's mm -hmm. have that second hint, Helen. Both won Oscars for partnering on the song, but they both have Oscars for work they did apart as well. Okay, well, that, that would be everyone I was already thinking of. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna take a crack and say James Horner. Helen? That is correct! Five for oh five! My God. Chelsea, oh Chris! My <laughs> Damn! Will Jennings was the lyricist. James Horner wrote the music. Wow. Je Jennings, by the way, won an Oscar also for the song Up Where We Belong from Officer and a Gentleman. Oh, and Horner, of course, won the Oscar for the entire score of Titanic. Yes. Chelsea, you have a chance to sweep this with yes. our next expert level question that requires multiple <laughs> answers. It is time for your cluster facts. Ooh. Oh, I can't wait to meet the guest. <laughs>
right after this. Uh, because this question is so high level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Now, the question is worth up to three points. Here we go. Falling Into You was Celine Dion's biggest selling album and one of the top selling albums of all time. But how well do you know it? For up to three points, tell us this. What song comes between the tracks All By Myself and Dreaming of You? What famous fictional couple is mentioned in the song? And who wrote the song? <laughs> Take that, Wikipedia. Super, super hard. The only one I can even guess at is maybe Diane Warren wrote it because she wrote so many of her songs. Okay, so Diane Warren is going to say is the songwriter. Um, is one of them, I'm supposed to guess the couple? Supposed to guess the fictional couple that's mm -hmm. mentioned in the song. I'm going to guess Romeo and Juliet just because her songs are so often about love. Okay, for Romeo and Juliet, do you want to say, is there a song that mentions Romeo and Juliet you can think Not of? Not that I can think of, okay. no. That's really an off-the-cuff guess. Okay. Um, I'm, I guess I'll say Falling Into You. Falling, okay, so the answers again are Falling Into You, Romeo and Juliet, and Diane Warren. All right, uh, we have Helen marking down those answers, and we have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is a songwriter and producer with over 50 million records sold who's written for Shaka Khan, Eminem, Mandy Moore, and Celine Dion. It's Michael J. Michael J., ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was so funny. Right. I should just say that Diane Warren has only one song on that album. I know. I know she me. does. I yeah. know. Falling Into You was written by Billy Steinberg, who also wrote Like a Virgin. What? Oh. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Now, Mr. J, before we get into talking about uh, Celine, uh, so many artists have recorded your songs, but you've also produced for a lot of artists. Tell us about some of those people. Um, yeah, I've, I've been doing this for 30 years. Uh, I've worked with New Kids on the Block, Kylie Minogue, Mandy Moore. I produced Peter Allen's last album. I don't know how many people know who he is. But oh, of course. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I'm still hung up on NKOTB. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm like freaking out. You can't move on Mr. From J, did I'm you have the right stuff? Uh, that was not my song, no. No, okay. <laughs> but still. Uh, fantastic. And then, uh, so, so what song did you write for Celine Dion? I think we have a clip. Well, let's listen to a little bit right now. <laughs> you Chelsea Chris lip-syncing to the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Chelsea, do you recognize that song now? I do. It's what? Declaration of Declaration Love. Declaration of yeah. Love. Great. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about this song, uh, Mr. J. Uh, this, was, this was not originally written for Celine Dion. Is that correct? Yes. It was written for Aretha Franklin. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how did it come to be uh, recorded well, by Celine? I was working on a project. There was a group called Expose. Of course. Sure. Absolutely. That was Clive Davis's group, and I was working with them, and Clive asked me to write him a song for Aretha. So uh, my writing as he as he as Clive does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hey, could you write a song for Aretha? Yeah, we've all gotten that call, am I right? <laughs> so my writing partner and I wrote the song Declaration of Love and we played it for Clive and he hated it. What? Oh. <laughs> he, he didn't even play it for Aretha. It never even went we just stuck it in a drawer for a couple of years. And my writing partner became the musical director for Celine Dion on tour while she was making Falling Into You. His name is Claude Gaudet. And uh, they were backstage just shooting the breeze one day and she said, you know, I'd really love to have a song like Aretha Franklin. <laughs> wow. And, wow. And he pulled it out and he played it for her and uh, she recorded it. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
It's it's that makes sense because it's it's such a like classic big diva song. Yeah. It's so built for a big voice like that. From what I understand, Celine actually, as we mentioned, this was not her first language English, and she actually did not quite get the lyrics correct as they were written. Right. Uh, I didn't produce the record, so I wasn't in the studio when she recorded the vocal, and they couldn't find a lyric sheet. So she learned the lyrics phonetically off the demo, and English isn't her first language, so she got a lot of the words wrong. What? Like, well, for example, in the first verse, there's um, uh, Hero of My Heart, and the line after that should be True Work of Art, and she says, True World Go Up. Yeah, she does. <laughs> well, she's not wrong. True World does go up. I mean, come on, we can't give her a yeah. but, I, You know, I never, this is breaking news, because this is yeah. the first time I've ever actually said this in public, that, that she got the lyrics wrong, because I, I never uh -oh. told anybody. I didn't care, because right, it was right. Celine Dion. Sure, well, sure. Of course, I mean, she oh. can sing the the words off of a brochure in an insurance seminar yeah, and win yeah. a Grammy for it. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter what she's singing. She, she sounds great. She could sing great. my CVS receipt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be a long, and it would take a long, long time. Long, long, yeah. Long, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Grammys, the album itself won a Grammy. Do, as a, as one of the songwriters, do you get a piece of that? I have a certificate on my wall oh, from, from the nice. Recording Academy. Yes. <laughs> And Chelsea actually just corrected me. The album won two Grammys. Yeah, it won, won album pop of the album year, of the year and, and album pop of the year. year. Wow, okay, okay, very good. Okay, Chelsea. <laughs> I was yeah. ready for that one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> School in our house. Um, and uh, so, you, so she recorded the song and it was released and you actually had not met her yet, right? When, when did you get to meet her? And I, met her like? I met her just before the album was coming out. Um, sadly, actually, my co-writer who I wrote the song with uh, died of a heart attack before Oof. the album came out. And he was her musical director. So mm. it was kind of a, a, a sad way to, to meet her and Renee for the first time. Sure. But it sort of bonded us mm. in a way. And, and so you know, I, I got to see them both a lot through the years. I, I would go backstage to all our concerts mm. uh, and whenever I had an opportunity to see them. And it was just a, you know, a wonderful experience to just hang out with them and talk. She's just a, such a wonderful person. And you never told her that she got the lyrics. Right? I never, I never, oh, yeah. Never <laughs> I actually never did. So wait, You're so a that good man. Has she, has she performed that song live before? Yes. Since? And she still sings it the, the wrong way? She sings it the wrong way. The lyrics in the booklet of the CD are the wrong way. What? Yeah. So there's a, there's a marketing inefficiency there. If somebody listening wants to have the only correct version of the song, they can, they can track it down. All right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here today as far as our game goes. You heard the question that we asked of Chelsea. We wanted her to name the song that came before All By Myself and Dreaming of You. Let's remind everyone, Helen, what did Chelsea say? Chelsea said, falling into you. And is that correct, Mr. J? Uh, no. No. In fact, we know now that the song was Declaration, Declaration of, Love. of Love. All right. Then we asked Chelsea to name the famous fictional couple who was mentioned in the song. Helen, what did Chelsea say? Chelsea said Romeo and Juliet. And Michael J., we now know. That's correct. That is correct. That's a point for Chelsea. <laughs> and finally, we asked Chelsea to name the songwriter. She gave a very reasonable guess of? Diane Warren. And of course, we know now that is incorrect because who is the correct answer? Michael J. That's right. <laughs> And Chelsea, is there anything else you'd like to ask of our expert while we have him here? Do you think you started a trend of her doing songs like that? Because she'd never done a song like that before. And after, she did do a few more in that vein. Yeah, uh, you know, when, whenever Celine is making an album, the songwriters in town, they write ballads for her. Everybody is just yeah. submitting ballads. And her album tends to get ballad heavy. So I tell other songwriters that I work with, if you want to get a song on Celine's album and not deal with the competition, write something up-tempo. Yeah. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. All right, we'll get right to that. Uh, if people want to find out more about your work, where can they uh, do that, Mr. J? Uh, I have a, um, a website, michaeljsongs.com, uh, Twitter, Instagram, michaeljsongs. Also, here's something very interesting. There's a free app that you could download called Quack. It's 
Q-W-A-Q-Q, something like that, quack.com. And on it, you can hear original demos of hit songs by a lot of big songwriters. What? And the original oh. demo of Declaration of Love is on that, uh, that app. So if you download the app, you, you have access to all these song demos you can listen to. But are the lyrics the right lyrics? Oh, well, um, the, let's see. The, um, the Romeo and Juliet line is, uh, just like Juliet belonged to Romeo, you can safely bet that I'm not letting you go. Yeah. <laughs> and we do have to let you go, though. We're so happy that we had you. Mr. Michael J., ladies and gentlemen. All right, Helen, let's get a score recap at the end of that exciting round. At the end of that round, Chelsea Crisp has seven points, and Drew Drogi has two points with a round of questions for Drew coming up. That's right. We'll talk with Drew about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Drew and Chelsea will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Thank you so much to the over 28,000 members who joined or upgraded during the 2018 Max Fun Drive, and to all of our monthly members. You showed up in full force to help us reach our goal, and to show our appreciation, we're putting up this year's batch of Max Fun Drive exclusive enamel pins on sale for all $10 and up monthly members. And just like last year, we're giving all the profits to charity. For 2018, we're supporting the National Immigration Law Center. The sale will run from May 18 through May 28, so don't miss it. $10 and up monthly members will be receiving personalized code and instructions to purchase pins on May 17th. So keep your inbox open and notifications on. For more details, head over to MaximumFun.org pins. And to learn more about the National Immigration Law Center and support them directly, you can go to NILC.org. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Chelsea Crisp with seven points and Drew Drogi with two points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Drew Drogi, of your many interests, you told us that you know a lot about 1970s movies, serial killers, and Saturday Night Live. Today, we're going to ask you about Saturday Night Live. Oh, boy. Okay. Fun. And the crowd breathed a sigh of relief not having to hear us talk about How serial killers. How horrible after Celine Dion if you asked about the serial killer yeah, information. Exactly. Why did I say that? I I also was like, I don't know that much about it, and I'm panicking. So I'm sure. really like, I'm not going to talk about that. Sure you right. don't. Sure. Yeah, right. Uh, now, why do you know so much about Saturday Night Live? Why did you choose that as a topic? Um, I I've I watched it ever since, I, I mean, you know, as a, as a kid forever, and I just have, it's just been something that I've always been fascinated by. And it's just this, it's this, this crazy monster that doesn't, nothing like it exists. I mean, nothing, you know, and so it's, it's fa always been really fascinating to me. Was yeah. it a little, like, weren't the things a little bit body when you were a kid? Oh, yeah, like, I mean, I... There were some I, sketches that were kind of... Oh, I would stay up late and watch it, and, and but I never, it was a weird thing that my, my parents wouldn't let me see really dirty movies, but I could watch SN, I could watch that, because they, they also <laughs> really liked it, so I could watch it. Oh. And I learned so much from it, when, like, I, Weekend Update was where I got all my news. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember, oh. like, the Ceausescu like right you know the in in Romania I learned because of like a puppy Ceausescu joke on a, a weekend update. like that's how I know like that's how I know the world and did you go back America. and watch uh, episodes from before you were uh, first watching it originally oh yeah I I did and the, the first like five seasons are on DVD and I did get all five of those and for me like because I do uh, you know improv and sketch comedy and so I, I had seen the classic sketches and I actually loved watching the really you know the, the really interesting they would do like pieces of theater, they would do like puppet, they, you know, the Muppets were on a lot. It was like, it, so I was just fascinated by what it looks like. And it's also crazy because the format is so similar to how it is 
now. I was just going to say, so. it's really interesting how that how that really has not changed that much. Yeah, I mean, the sketches really are a lot is. shorter, but to have yeah. a, a new segment from the get-go and uh, and musical guests like that. It's wow. pretty much the same. In uh, that did way, you yeah. ever consider having an opportunity to audition for this show? I did, uh, like 12 years ago or something a while ago. I did get to go and audition for it. And it was it was out of body. It was crazy. Because it was the first time. I, I've gone back several times to, to tapings, and I've, and I've, you know, have friends and stuff that have that I've worked on that and but the first time like walking into that that studio was just yeah it was it was like Oz what else uh, did you do for, for your audition from, from what I understand I it's sort of a I self-contained thing you just you go up there do and whatever do I remember I did do because I don't really do that many impressions but I did do Jeremy Irons because I because I, I can you give us a little Jeremy Irons um oh boy I've been in forever um Jeremy Irons what would Jeremy Irons would do he Ooh. he loves a glass of water but not <laughs> your glass of water <laughs> Um, and good. then I would do, I don't, remember, I don't remember who else I did in terms of celebrities, because they wanted my impressions, and I was like, I do Jeremy Irons and Chloe Sevigny. <laughs> I really have my finger on the pulse. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't get the gig. Yeah, um, well, there's so much competition for those two. Yeah, I mean, everyone's I know, doing the I Chloe know, and the Jeremy. I know, yeah. I know. I heard they're told not to laugh. They are told not to laugh, which I did hear ahead of time, which really made me happy because you watch the tapes and you're watching these legends do their audition tapes and they're not laughing, but they really want to clean tape and they really, they try really hard not to. They're also making notes and they're looking in the camera. They, they're not like there to be an audience. And so oh, that horrible. made me happy because I mean, I just, I knew like if I don't get laughs, it doesn't mean I'm bombing. Yeah. I might be bombing, but right. I'll never know. Yeah. Uh, which, you know. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Saturday Night Live to test your mastery in the subject. But first, here to give you a chance to show off, here are your five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. And again, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints on these five questions. Chelsea, okay. of course, if Drew gets any of them wrong, you can have a chance to steal. You did not afford Drew that chance in say. your round. Uh, Chelsea, by the way, how much do you know about Saturday Night Live? Not as much as Drew. Okay. Here we go, Drew. Here's question number one. Who hosted the first episode of Saturday Night Live? Oh, that would be George Carlin. Helen? Oh, that is correct. Oh. That is correct. Yeah. Oh. It was interesting because in that episode, he did not appear in any of the sketches. He only right. did stand-up in between. Stand up. Yeah. yeah. All right, very good. Here's question number two. Who is the oldest cast member in SNL history joining the show at age 47? Oh, oh, uh, Leslie Jones? That is correct. That is correct. It is Leslie Jones. She started as a writer at 47, is now uh, 50, and still the oldest, it turns out. Uh, (laughs) But young at heart. Yes, absolutely. So rad. All right, you're doing very well. Here you go with question number three. Who is the youngest cast member in SNL history who joined the show in 1985 when he was 17? There are two people that I... It's one of two people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to take a hint. Helen, how about that hint? He was already a teen icon from his appearance in movies. They both were. <laughs> uh, we didn't, okay. say, it was well, a good, we didn't say it was a good hint. Yeah, exactly. Who, who, are, you, who are you choosing I, I, between in your mind? It's between Anthony Michael Hall and Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of those two. I just don't know who and was younger. And you think younger. they're the same age? You think I they're... would say, I'm going to say Anthony Michael Hall. Helen? That is correct. That is oh, correct. Right. Good choice. I, I think it was the hint. Uh, all right, you're three for three. Let's see if you can go with number four. Who is the only child of a cast member to also be a cast member? Oh, the child of a cast member. Oh, Abby Elliott. Yeah. Ellen? That is correct. That is yeah. correct. <laughs> Drew is four for four. Her dad, of course, was Chris Elliott, and her grandfather was Bob Elliott. All right, here now is question number five. See if you can go five for five. Weekend Update is, of course, the popular news segment on the show, but it wasn't always called Weekend Update. Name one of the two other names the segment had. Oh, um... Boy, it was, um, 
I'll take a hint. The title of the show was referenced in each one. Oh, I'm going to say... I know the show was called NBC Saturday Night first, but I'm trying to think of what the news was called. But Saturday. Saturday Night News? Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Oh. Wow. True is also five for five. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our first guests where wow. both have gone five for five in their rounds of expertise. Amazing. Uh, by the way, though, Saturday Night News is what it was called, 1982 to 1985. It was oh. SNL Newsbreak in 81 and 82, and every other season it was Weekend Update. Oh, so it was originally Weekend Update. It was update. a Weekend Update oh, wow. originally, and then okay. not, and then again. All this right, is Drew. such a high-scoring game so it's far. Really I'm like, is. My heart is pumping. This is exciting. Here we go, <laughs> Drew. Now it is time for your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time okay. for your cluster fact. Ooh. Ooh. We'll be bringing in an expert to assess your response. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Here we go. The Coneheads was one of the most beloved sketches of all time, even inspiring a movie many years after they first appeared on the show. Mm -hmm. For up to three points, name the one SNL cast member who played different members of the Coneheads family in the show and the movie, and the names of the two different characters he or she played. Okay. Uh, that would be Lorraine Newman, because she was the daughter on the series, and she played an aunt or a cousin in the movie. Hey, Lorraine Newman. Helen is making a note. And what were those characters' names? I know Beldar was Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and I don't... Oh, my God. I don't remember. And I don't get a hint, do I? No, I'm not, not a hint. No. I'm going to say um, uh, Becky. Becky? <laughs> Becky Conehead? And, uh, and, and uh, the other character? Oh, feels right. And then, uh, and then let's say she played... Um, uh, Cousin Doris. Cousin Doris. All right, Helen is taking notes of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have today? Here with us tonight is an actor and voiceover artist and one of SNL's original Not Ready for Primetime players. It's Lorraine Newman. Lorraine Newman, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Lorraine. Welcome, Lorraine. Wow. Am I in my light? Yes, you are. Yes. <laughs> Lorraine, I have to say, every time uh, that I hear you introduced, I'm so tempted to go, Lorraine Newman! <laughs> there was something about the tenor of Don Pardo's voice that, that, that suited your name particularly well. I know, he elongated it, which was kind of fun. Should I try it again? <laughs> Lorraine Newman! You're Helening. Good Helening, Helen. It's not bad. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Lorraine. It is wonderful to have you here. Now, we, you heard Drew talking about his audition. What was your audition process for being on the show? Well, I had worked I worked for Lorne Michaels before in a Lily Tomlin special, and I was in the Groundlings, and he came to see me. I did not know he was there, so technically I did not audition. Oh. He just knew my work already, and he came back to see me again, and I was doing new characters and new material, and he just had me meet him at the Chateau. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about this show that was a cross between uh, Monty Python and 60 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> More one than the other, but sure. Yeah, that's yeah. a better way to audition. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, God, way less yes. nerve-wracking. Oh yeah. Some yeah. jokes just. And and uh, where did the coneheads come from? How was it first presented to you? What, what was your reaction when you heard we're going to be a family of aliens wearing cones on our head? <laughs> well, in the very beginning, before we were even on the air, Lorne thought it'd be a good idea uh, for us to do improv at his loft. This happened twice, by the way. Yes. Uh, the first time we did it, um, somebody gave us a suggestion of an alien family. So Jane and Danny and I improvised this alien family, and I came up with the voice. 
But it wasn't until Tom Davis and Danny uh, went to Easter Island that they got the idea <laughs> for the Coneheads. From the Easter Island? From the, yeah, from, from those things. And they were on acid, too, so, you know. That helps. <laughs> that helps. Wow. Uh, did you enjoy uh, playing a character that required such heavy prosthetics and um, making the, one? The prosthetics were difficult in the sense that we used to use spirit gum. Yeah. Oh and after a while, spirit gum can really burn. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but there was a time when we were eating fiberglass in the, in the sketch, which was made out of cotton candy. And I thought, this is a good job. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. You went back to the SNL 40 show. Had you been back to the studio before that? Um, one time to see a show that Ed Helms hosted. Mm. Um, and uh, so this was the other time. And <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it's a well-oiled machine now. You know, mm. I mean, we, our dressing rooms in the very first season were basically where we changed clothes in wardrobe, and there was a sheet, a bed sheet, that separated us between the guys <laughs> and the girls. Uh, we didn't even have our own dressing rooms. Uh, so now it's just, I stayed in, um, oh my God, what is her name? The blonde who just got the Emmy, who's Kate fabulous. McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. I was in her dressing room this time. And uh, it was a great experience. I, um, I just, you know, first of all, I had always wanted to be in the Californian sketch. You know? <laughs> I always thought that Sherry, the stewardess, would be great in that sketch. Mm -hmm. as like the matriarch of the soap opera. When I suggested that to Lorne, thinking, well, nothing will come of that. And then Fred Armisen contacted me, and we wrote in my kitchen for a couple of days. Wow. They used nothing, <laughs> but uh, it was really fun. And um, the whole thing was really great. It was like going to your 40th high school reunion. Mm. You're just glad to be alive, <laughs> you know? Now, since, since being on SNL, you've had a really incredible voice career. What, for those who don't know, what are some of the characters that people have, have heard you voice uh, over the well, years? Well, it depends on whether you're uh, an adult or not. Uh, if you're a child, you might have. But um, oh, I'll just name, uh, as told by Ginger, um, Metalocalypse. Um, yeah, there you go. I played all the moms on that, <laughs> ex except for Murderface's mom. Um, and we want murder face. Murder face is mom. Yeah. Oh uh, gosh. Do you so. do a Jeremy Irons, by the way? I don't. <laughs> okay. Drew, you're back in. I'm in. <laughs> all right. Well, I could talk to you all, all day, but we do have to get to the reason that uh, we brought you here tonight as far as our game goes. You heard the question that we asked of Drew. Uh, let's remind everyone of the answers. Uh, we asked Drew to name the actor who played two different members of the Coneheads family in the show and the movie. Helen, who did Drew say did that? Lorraine Newman. And Lorraine, what is the answer? That is me, yes. It is her. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just now realizing. I think I know what your name was. But okay. Well, you uh, we you did know. ask that. We did ask the name of the two different characters. What were the answers that uh, Drew gave us, Helen? Drew said Becky and Doris. Are those correct, Lorraine? I wish they had been. <laughs> oh no. Um, it was. Uh, Connie. Connie and Connie. Larta. And Larta, oh, okay. all right. Yeah. Now, what was that it like? you couldn't have known. No. Yeah. I Larta, barely Larta know. I remember you were in a stadium, right? That's right. We yes, were watching something. I yeah. remember. <laughs> and, and what was the different experience uh, getting coned up for that movie versus, uh, versus the TV show? Well, boy, the, the technology, yeah, the yeah, it, it prosthetics had come a long way. Yeah, so no, sp no burning spirit gum? No, and it, but it was fun to see Phil Hartman in a cone mm. and Dave <laughs> Thomas in a cone, you know. 
That must have been very surreal. Uh, and uh, what do you have going on that people can uh, see or hear you doing these days? Well, oh God, I have three Netflix series that have not been announced yet, so Ooh. I can't talk wow. about them. Oh. But I'm Congrats. doing uh, th they're animation. Mm -hmm. animation. Mm -hmm. And then uh, on Warner Brothers, on um, Boomerang, I'm doing uh, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. I play the witch. <laughs> <laughs> and Drew, while, uh, Drew or Chelsea, while we have uh, Lorraine here, anything you wanted to ask her? Um, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I... I'm seeing his show. I'm seeing Die, Mommy, Die. Oh, great. Oh, I've oh, seen awesome. all, a lot of his other shows, too, and I, I'm a big fan. Oh, well, likewise. Aww. I'm a huge fan of Thanks. yours, too. You just saw at Trebecca, I saw you posted, uh, a, was it a documentary about Gilda? Oh, yes. I was at the um, Tribeca Film Festival uh, this week, actually. Oh, wow. What is that? And um, <laughs> what is that? No, no. I mean, I'm sorry. What was the documentary? I don't oh. know. It, it, <laughs> what is film festival? Uh, what is this thing you call film festival? <laughs> um, it was a documentary called Love Gilda, mm. and it was fantastic. Uh, what's interesting about that documentary, and I don't know if you saw the Gary Shandling one mm -hmm. too, you know, Judd Apatow had cobbled together 25 years worth of Gary Shandling's uh, journals yeah. to create a narrative that was supported by footage that he'd already taken of Gary. So it kind of felt like this was being made now yeah. mm -hmm. after he'd already passed away. And it was the same thing with Gilda. Gilda narrated her book, but she also kept journals. So the filmmaker had gathered, you know, certain quotes from the journal uh, and, you know, complimentary things from the book that supported it, plus footage, and it made it feel like it was made now, mm. wow. you know, rather than then. And it's beautiful, and it really gives you more of an idea. If you didn't know how much of a genius she was, you will from this. Excellent. Mm. Well, we certainly know and appreciate the genius that is Lorraine Newman, ladies oh. and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Helen, let's get a score update as we go into our final round. Ooh, it's a hot game, Jake Heath. Going into our final round, our score is Chelsea Crisp with seven points and Drew Drogi with eight points. And now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Chelsea and alternate between each guest and keep the discussion to a minimum. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Mm -hmm. And again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Chelsea, bananas come in different varieties. True. Correct. Drew, clementine is the most common banana variety. False. Correct. Chelsea, ladyfingers is a banana variety. False. Incorrect. Drew, 37 is a prime number. False. Incorrect. Chelsea, all prime numbers are odd. True. Incorrect. Oh, no. Tell that to two. <laughs> True, Archie Comics had a spin-off series called Afterlife with Archie. False. Incorrect. No, that is true. Chelsea, Dark. in that series, Jughead was a zombie. False. Incorrect. No, that's true. <laughs> Drew, also in that series, Jughead came out as gay. True. Incorrect. No, not, no not, a, not the gay zombie we were all hoping for from not, Jughead. Not no. fantasy, Drew. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea, also in that series, Reggie kills Jughead's dog, Hot Dog. True. Correct. And finally, Drew, also in that series, Hot Dog comes back as a ghost and watches Veronica undress. <laughs> I mean, at this point, true. Incorrect. No, no, that was, that was my fantasy. Let's give a nice hand to Drew and Chelsea while Helen tabulates the final score. Helen, are you ready to announce the final score of tonight's match? I am. 
It is a tie, JK. What? Chelsea Crisp has nine points, and Drew Drogi also has nine points. That means we have to go to a tiebreaker for only oh, the second time in the long 12-episode history of Go Back Yourself. <laughs> Here we go. The answer is a number. Whoever gets closer to the correct number will win. Now, we do not play Price is Right style, so no guessing $1 unless you okay. want to lose. Uh, I'm going to ask this question, think about it, and then I'll ask you to blurt out the answers at the same time okay. on the count of three. So don't answer right away. Let, I'll ask the question, I'll let you think about it, and then I'll count down from three. You'll blurt out your answer. Here we go. Understand? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Here we go. In the song Rehab, how many times did Amy Winehouse sing the word no? This counts when she sings no N-O and also when she sings no K-N-O-W. All right. One of our crack staff had to research this by hand. <laughs> All right, nod if you have your answer ready to go. No nodding is happening yet. Okay. I feel like they're singing I, the entire song. I think so, in too. <laughs> very now, moment. keep in mind, artists can get, as we've learned from uh, Michael J., artists can't get the lyrics wrong, so there might have been more or less uh, that were written that she did not sing. All right, on the count of three, I'll ask you to blurt out your answer. One, two, three. 35. 25. I heard 21 from Chelsea, and I heard 35 from Drew. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, very close game. We almost had another tie because the correct answer is 25, which means Chelsea Chris yeah. is your acting champion. Yes. Congratulations, Chelsea. Thank Congratulations. You. What will you do with your championship? I'm going to listen to the Celine Dion albums after the 90s now. Okay, and we'll have you back for I'm the 2000s. I'm going to treat myself for the 2000s. <laughs> and also the ones in en Francais? En Francais. Oui, oui. Oh, very good. Oui, oui. All right, we want to give our uh, folks here an opportunity to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Drew Drogi, what do you have going on? People can find you. Oh, uh, I am on Twitter, at Drew Drogi, uh, or... Uh, Instagram, Drew underscore Drogi. Uh, I'm going to be on the Heathers TV show, the remake that will be coming out this, so yes. this summer on Paramount Network. So Juicy. look out for that. Yes. Excellent. Uh, and uh, Chelsea Crisp? Uh, yes, at Chelsea Crisp for Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. And uh, the movie Surviving Theater 9 should be uh, released now soon. Excellent. Give another nice hand for our guests, Drew yeah. Drogi and Chelsea Crisp. Your co-host, you lucky people, has been Ms. Helen Hong. Yay! She's been Heloning it all night. I've, I have been Heloning my face off. <laughs> Helen, what do you have going on, my friend? You can follow me uh, on all the socials at Funny Helen Hong, because as I've mentioned before, some other biatch named Helen Hong has my handle. <laughs> and I have yet to find her and kill her. <laughs> at Funny Helen Hong. That's right. Funny Helen Hong, or also apparently homicidal Helen Hong. You can find her there. Uh, me, I'm on social media on uh, Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out, and on Twitter at j underscore keith. That just leaves me to thank Chelsea Crisp, Drew Drogi, Michael J., Lorraine Newman, Helen Hong. Please do like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good Good night! Woo. Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Katie Malarchik did. She said, my new favorite podcast. I'm laughing while learning. Thanks, Katie Malarchik. Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum
maximum fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. David McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Robin Randall, Sean Growley, Leora Saul, Stella Chow, Daniela Zeltzer, and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong. One take, Helen. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.